Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison, on Island Radio, KISL Avalon at 88.7 on your FM dial, and anywhere on the planet at KISLAvalon.com on your internet dial. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we'll hear a trio of tunes from Jim Kelleher. We'll have some songs about Akita Domestica Grilladay. We'll stop on a dime. We'll catch you off guard. Have yet another vocabulary lesson and do some guffawing. Back in October, I played That's What I Call Sweet Music by Jim Kelleher's Piccadilly Band, and I remarked that although I had no birth date for him, he would nonetheless be getting his own segment. Well, here it is. Jim Kelleher played saxophone and clarinet as a member of Stan Greening's band, recording on the Regal and Imperial labels from 1924 to 1928. He was also with Nat Starr's band on the Home Accord label, and Alstarita's Kit Kat Band, recording with them on HMV. In 1929, Kelleher was asked by Alstarita, now musical director of the Piccadilly Hotel, to form a band to replace Maurice Hartford's band at the hotel. Jim Kelleher's Piccadilly Band made their debut at the hotel on February 3, 1929. Just months later, possibly the result of a legal dispute between Kelleher and Starita, Kelleher was no longer working at the hotel, and Jerry Howie had taken over the band, which dissolved at the end of the year, apparently along with Kelleher's musical career. But here are three from Jim Kelleher's Piccadilly Band. in my stew. You will always be my necessity. I belong without you. You're the salt in my collar. You're the lace in my shoe. You will always be my necessity. I belong without you. 
Most men tell love tales, and each phrase dovetails. You've heard each known way. This way is my own way. You're the sail in my love boat. You're the captain and crew. You will always be my necessity. I'd be lost without you.
down to old Broadway. You've got a clown on Broadway. Your troubles there are out of sight. Broadway always wears a smile. A million lights, they flicker there. A million hearts be quicker there. No signs of grace on the great white way. That's the Broadway melody. three from Jim Kelleher's Piccadilly Band, all on the Victory label. We started with You're the Cream in My Coffee, composed by Ray Henderson. Harry Fay sang the Buddy De Silva and Lou Brown lyrics on August 16, 1929, from the Victory 124. The very next day, Fred Douglas was in the studio to sing the Roy Turk lyrics to Fred Allard's tune, Mean to Me, issued on the Victory 130. We finished on May 28, 1929, with Broadway Melody, composed by Nacio Herb Brown. That was Fred Douglas once again with the Arthur Freed lyrics on The Victory 107. Around 1923, Woolworth commissioned two gramophone companies, Crystallate and Vocalion, to make records for sale in its stores alongside its Mimosa and Little Marvel records in order to create competition. Secretly, Crystallate and Vocalion joined forces and pooled resources to create a new record label called The Victory. The records were 7 inches in diameter instead of the usual 10, yet had better sound and longer playing time, at the same cost and selling price, sixpence, as the competition. The last known release on The Victory label was number 324 in March of 1931. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. The British slang phrase, it's not cricket, means unsportsmanlike conduct in sports, business, or everyday life. The scientific name for the insect cricket is Akita domesticus grillidae. I just thought you'd like to know that, and that you'd like to hear these rapidly rotating records about crickets. Thank you. 
I say now, that's not cricket. It has a blatant air of rock. It is in British upper class to kick a sailor in the... Would you do it to the Prince of Wales? Would you do it to the Duke of York? That's not cricket. It positively isn't done. The sort of thing to shun, you will demur. If you are a Britisher, would you do it on Trafalgar Square? Would you do it on the Thames Embankment? Would you think of it in Windsor Castle? That's not cricket. It was in 1066. That's the date historians fix. If you know your statistics, the British nation won a famous war. Sort of thing. How the empire grew and grew. All the way to Timbuktu. Little England was a kingland. Every mariner's return would bring land. All mothering land. All hail her great dominions here. All hail her sporting blood. There can't be two opinions here. Her statecraft is a great craft. I'm proud to be allowed to kowtow to Great Britain, a nation I am one of, a patriotic son of... Oh, I say now, that's not cricket. It puts a phalo in a puce. It's just as common as the deuce. It's quite like giving one uh, Would you do it to the Duke of Kent? Or a gentleman in Parliament? That's not cricket. I thought vulgarity had gone. The sort you hear upon Westminster Bridge. What about your heritage? Would you do it to the Earl of Warwick? Would you do it to Milady Astor? Would you do it to the Mayor of London? That's not cricket.
one of my favorite composers and pianists, Billy Merrill, with Cricket Dance from January 17, 1930. That's one of Merrill's three dances in syncopation, the others being English Dance and Harmonia Dance. Before that was Eleanor Powell declaring, That's not cricket. Music by Arthur Schwartz and lyrics by Howard Dietz from the two-act review At Home Abroad. It opened September 19, 1935 at the Winter Garden Theater and ran for 198 performances, wrapping up at the Majestic Theater on March 7, 1936. Not only did Eleanor Powell sing That's Not Cricket, but that was also her tap dancing on Victor 25173, recorded October 14, 1935. We started with Joseph Belmont, backed by the Victor Orchestra, whistling The Cricket's Serenade, written by Theodore Bendix. Victor 17521 is take four from December 8, 1913. Takes 1, 2, and 3 were made November 26th, but rejected, requiring the second session. Joe Belmont became known as the Human Bird, and I'll see if I can put together a birthday segment for him in July. Jeopardy answer, there are 118 ridges on the edge of one. Jeopardy question, what is a dime? Here's Johnny Johnson and his orchestra. What it takes to get along We've got so much of such and such Baby, how can we go wrong? Certainly we have our share of everything Everywhere I love you and you're not fickle You've got five cents and I've got a nickel We've got love and a dime
crowded floor is perfect for a nice romantic time. Oh, how can I help but hold you tight here in a warm embrace? There isn't an inch of space for being discreet, so I repeat, isn't this sublime? This dancing on a dime, we're hand in glove. The picture of a romance in its prime. Now, darling, I guess I'd better confess, for I knew it all the time that I'd be close to you, dancing on a dime.
Well, that doesn't sound like any of the Abe Lyman records we've played on the show before. There were 16 pieces in Abe Lyman's California Orchestra on that October 16, 1941 recording made in Chicago and issued on Bluebird B-11360. I Wish I Had a Dime was written by Al Hoffman, Ann Curtis, and Jerry Livingston. You've heard vocalist Rose Blaine three times on the show before, singing The Monkeys Have No Tales in Pago Pago, Princess Pooh Pooley Has Plenty Papaya, and He's My Uncle. Fun fact, Rose Blaine was Mrs. Abe Lyman. She was born January 6, 1911, died in 1974, and is buried at Forest Lawn, Glendale. Before Rose Blaine, Gray Gordon and his TikTok orchestra were dancing on a dime on Bluebird B-10873, made September 13, 1940. Dancing on a Dime was written by Frank Lesser and Burton Lane and is from the Paramount picture of the same name. We started the set with Johnny Johnson and his orchestra with Love and a Dime from the Princeton University Triangle Club production of Stags at Bay. Words and music by Brooks Bowman. That's from Conqueror 8522, recorded June 3, 1935. The vocalist was Vi Mele whose real name was Violet Rita Cusimano. She started her career in radio, and in addition to Johnny Johnson, performed with the orchestras of Herb Gordon, Freddie Martin, Jimmy Dorsey, and Henry Bussey. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7, KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7, on demand, anytime at all, online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. I hope you're a fan, because here to introduce this next segment of the show is Monty Python's Flying Circus. I didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Our chief weapon is surprise. Surprise and fear. Fear and surprise. Our two weapons are fear and surprise and ruthless efficiency. Our three weapons are fear and surprise and ruthless efficiency and an almost fanatical devotion to the Pope. Our four, no, amongst our weaponry are such elements as fear. I'll come in again. I didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. Amongst our weaponry are such diverse elements as fear, surprise, ruthless efficiency, and almost fanatical devotion to the Pope and nice red uniform. <laughs> and you probably weren't expecting these unexpected rapidly rotating records. <laughs> Hello, hello, give me one nine eight oh. Is this you, Mary, my own? Yes, this is I, all right. What? You'll be up tonight. Well, then I'll not be at home. You've not been good to me, not as a boy to tea. I'm wise, you've got another sweetheart. No, I saw you hold someone's hand, want you to understand. We have good reason to part. Take the flowers from the seas and you'll never 
Another one that's not often heard uh, unexpectedly. Not now, not now. I used to drink gin cup by cup. Then I like to drink it uh, cup by cup. Yeah, prohibition come along and mess everything up. Uh, sort of unexpectedly. I could have gotten a few bottles, but I didn't think it was going to last. Got some work in a swell cafe. And I took my home a little fresh meat every day, just small piece. And the boss got wise to me in some kind of way. Unexpectedly. Uh-huh. One next morning the judge says, What have you to say about that? 
Your boss says he caught you with two poke chops under your hat. I said not guilty, sir. It just takes six months for that. And it came so unexpectedly. Whee! Because then I found out. Yes, sir. A whole lot of meaning in that little word. Unexpectedly. It seems like I never knew then a thing could happen so unexpectedly. He said, now, had I taken a chicken or a ham or a goose, he says, I might have found some way that I could have let you loose. But for two measly folk shops let you free, I was a take him and throw away the key. Oh, it was so unexpected. Never mind the least. expecting those rapidly rotating records. We just heard Ben Pollock and his orchestra with So Unexpectedly. Decca 2012 was recorded August 4, 1938, in Los Angeles. George Hill wrote the music and lyrics sung there by Paula Gale. She started out as a nightclub singer for three years before joining Pollock's band in 1938. Before Paula Gale was Burt Williams with Unexpectedly composed by Perry Bradford, with lyrics by Jim Burris. 
who just may be getting his own segment in June. Columbia A3508 was take two of three on October 28, 1921. We started that unexpected set with You Can't Expect Kisses From Me, composed by Ruby Cowan, with words by Roger Lewis. The vocal duo was Ada Jones and Billy Murray on Victor 17188, recorded July 8, 1912. As an educational public service, it's time once again for a rapidly rotating records vocabulary lesson. This week's word is cacination, C-A-C-H-I-N-A-T-I-O-N, meaning raucous or immoderate laughter. And here are some musical examples.
Al Weston and Irene Young made a career out of making laughing records for Columbia, Edison, Jeanette, and Grey Gull. In August of 1922, they recorded the OK Laughing Record, which you've no doubt heard, and a couple of months later, in October, they recorded Laugh and the World Laughs With You, issued on Cameo 279, with its more commonly known subtitle, The Cameo Laughing Record. People laugh... Hyenas laugh, and so can trombones, as in Make That Trombone Laugh, composed by Henry Scharf. It was recorded by Harry Raderman in 1920 for both O.K. and Edison, and it was probably Harry Raderman on Emerson 10131, credited as the Plantation Jazz Orchestra. You may have heard Charles Penrose's recording of The Laughing Policeman, but Penrose made at least one other laughing record, Laughter and Lemons, which started off the segment. It was composed by Billy Gray and the label of British Columbia 78, number FB1184, credits a cornetist, Charles Penrose, and The Boy with the Lemon. Laughter and Lemons is the flip side of The Laughing Policeman. Well, guess what? We've got time for one more. Well, actually, two more. Both parts one and two of the descriptive music hall sketch, It Isn't Cricket, by Clapham and Dwyer, on British Columbia DB 845 around May of 1932. Clapham and Dwyer were William Henry Dwyer, the straight man, and William Conrad Charles Clapham, the funny one, with monocle, mustache, and bowler. They became known as the wireless nuisances. Now, in case anybody should be listening to this particular record, this is the first of a series of talks that I'm going to give on British sports. Yeah, oh, uh, The first sport yeah, I... Oh, just a moment. Excuse me, I'm being interrupted. What's I, the matter? I've, uh, I've, I've bought a goat. I can't help that. I'm discussing sports. Well, I've bought a goat, and it, it's, it's a lady. It's got no... And at the other end, we've only had it about a couple of fortnights. It, it just bought... Goat? Me. Why a goat? Yeah, uh, well, why not? It's cheap, only five bob. And it's got, it's got a uh, hanging, uh, and the other... It's been hanging, nice about, goat? hanging about for years, eh? Is it a nice goat? Yes, of course it's a nice goat. It's got hair all uh, at both... Well, you'll be surprised. And, and the other corner as well. And it's... Uh, now what uh, what colour is it? It's got... Uh, eh? I say, what colour is it? What? The goat. Oh, the... Uh, the oh, the goat. Ah, yes, that's different. Yeah, you can't catch me, though. Yeah, oh, the oh, the colour. Yes, the colour. Oh, well, we're uh, we're washing it tonight. We'll uh, tell you in the morning. And um, it's got a... Any special breed? It's... Uh, it's what? Is it well bred? Bread. Bread. Oh, each anything. Each bread, old boots, council houses, any old rubbish... And, um, now you've got it, what are you going to do with it? I mean, where are you going to keep it? We're going to stick it, uh, is what? I say, now you've got this goat, what are you going to do with it? Where are you going to keep it? Oh, keep it? Yes. Oh, we're going to keep it in our flat. Well, in our flat. In our flat? That's right. A goat? Yes. You're making a big mistake. You'll pardon me. There's no need to apologise, my dear boy, but if you've got a goat, give it a chance in life. Give it a field or a garden to run about in. You can't have a goat in a flat. Well, it's coming in our flat. Nothing of the kind. And we're keeping it under your bed. Where? Under your bed. Under my bed? That's where we're keeping it. A goat? Yes. I say, what about the smell? Oh, he won't mind that. Well, I shall. Anyhow, we'll keep quiet. I'm going to get on with this subject now. Oh, yes. Now, the subject I propose to discuss, firstly, is cricket. Oh, yes. Now, crickets... It's a terrible thing, that is. I, I, it's a terrible thing. It catches you when you're young. I, a lot of children I know had it. In fact, I knew a bloke that had it once. He, I thought he was born on the side of a hill, but it, it wasn't. It was just rickets. Cricket, I said. And, oh, Cricket is the greatest ball game that is played. Yes, they make them captain when they when they get like that. It, it's a when they get like what? When they go bald. It's a... Ball game, I said. Oh, 
It is also a fine game for fostering the team spirit. Yes, of course, in golf, they wait till after the game before they start that business. Before they start what? That sozzling with neat spirit, it's in the 19th. For the benefit of those who do not understand the game, I will explain a few of its intricacies. Yes. You've no doubt all heard that famous expression, it isn't cricket. Yes, yes. Even you've heard that, of course. Oh, I've heard it, yes. I, well, I heard it once. My uh, my mother said it was a sign of death in the house. Oh, nonsense. Well, it was either that or, or a horse neighing or Jack Payne's band or something, I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. It isn't cricket. It means... It isn't tennis. It, is, it doesn't mean any of the kind. It means it isn't done. Oh. Not done. Not playing the game. Not dirty girl. Not by the what? Not playing the game. Not dirty girl. Oh, I thought, sorry, I thought you said not by the door. I can't hear you from where you're standing. It is played by 11 players comprised of batsmen, bowlers and wicketkeepers. Yes. The latter... He stops the gate crashes. No, he stops the ball from going for a bye. He, uh, he does what? I say he stops the ball from going for a bye. Well, it's the bye's own fault. He shouldn't be standing there. He a get... bye, not a boy. Oh, sorry. Now the batsman... The men who wield the bat. You've seen a bat, of course. Oh, yes, yes. It's like a lot of motorists. It uh, flies about blind at nights and bangs its head against the windscreen, uh, uh, the window and things. Have you ever heard the magical sound of the ball upon the willow? No, can't say I have. I've heard some uh, metallic sounds from a pillow near the wall. I mean, these houses we've got, you know, with the jerry built and... Oh, quiet, please. Now comes the placing of the field. Yes, well, that's very important. I mean, you want to be very careful about that. You, you must keep your greens away from your antirhinums. I say we're not discussing gardening, please. Oh, well. For general purposes, the position of the field would be as follows. Three nippy men in slips. Yes, well, they would be. They would be what? Uh, very nippy. I mean, uh, dashing about in slips in this weather. <laughs> I mean, what with the uh, early closing and the beer tax and one thing or another? Point. Uh, no, just half, thanks. I don't drink very early in the evening. Point, I said. Oh. Point is a useful position to prevent a cut or a late cut. Yeah, another pint or two and we'll all be half cut. <laughs> <laughs> then there's mid-on and mid-off. Yeah. You know those, of course. Uh, know what? Mid-on and mid-off. Oh, yes. Well, I know mid-off's brother, Pushnoff. <laughs> what a pair it is. Well, I saw him pushing off the other night at a concert. I'd then never... then there's square leg. Now, what is the function of a square leg? He, uh, he, what's what? I say, what is the function of a square leg? Oh, well, he spends three parts of his life looking for round holes. No, square leg is a delicate position. Yeah, I should jolly well think it is, too. Uh, oh, and talking about square legs, I saw a girl on a bike the other day. Shh, I... No, 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 please. Now for the bowlers. Yes. There is the maiden, the slow, the googly, and the fast. Yes, and I saw a fast little bowler the other day. <laughs> uh, the chap was wearing it. He's got a green ribbon with a little feather at the back. He was yodeling outside the Coliseum stage door. Nice little chap. The, uh, the googly, or lob bowler, is very deadly on a damp wicket. Yeah, well, we know it's wicked, old boy, but uh, don't use that language, please. Damp wicket, I said. Oh. There are two umpires. You'll pardon me. I say there are two umpires. There are not. There's only one. No, there are two. There's only one. Really? The British umpire. Well, thank you very much. Oh. The umpires are in charge of the game. They are generally retired cricketers. They're uh, generally what? Generally retired cricketers. Well, who buys their old tires? I no, mean... retired, old. Oh. Uh, oh, old. Oh, yes, of course. And then when they get permanently bent, they use their bowsers to protect the wicket in wet weather. The umpires now take up their position. Now, what is the first duty of every umpire? To see that his moustache is properly oiled. <laughs> the first duty is to arrange the bales. Oh. Then the fielding team and the batsmen come out. Oh, wealthy fellows, these umpires, aren't they? Why? I mean, uh, bailing all these chaps out costs a bit, doesn't it? The game is now about to commence. Good. The umpires now go into a trance. We will assume it is now 1.30, and an interval is called for lunch. The umpires come out of their trance. <laughs> At 2.15, the umpires reappear. Swaying gently in the breeze and wringing out their moustaches. The game continues until the tea interval at 4.15. Uh, this not interesting the umpires, they remain in the trance. After tea, the game is resumed until 6.30. They then draw stumps. I beg your pardon? I say they then draw stumps and out comes the roller. Oh, that can't be right. Why not? Oh, no, you should say they pull out the molars and then draw the stumps. The roller, I said. 
The roller to roll over the pitch. Oh, a ladies' cricket match. No, I said pitch. Oh, what? I thought you said which. I'm afraid that definitely concludes my talk on cricket. Good. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. <laughs> ¶¶